Hi, friends. Welcome back to Maya, my yoga audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and I'm so thrilled to announce that Jupiter Lockett is our special guest today on the show. And he's a contemporary abstract artist who currently resides and works out of Sacramento. His work focuses on ostracization while at the same time shining a light on the humanity of dark skinned people who originate from Africa. He captures the essence of solitary figures on canvas through a child's perspective, reminding the viewer of the innocence that is often robbed from Black Americans on a daily basis. The imagery in his paintings seeks to evoke the reminder that no matter what form of suppression or oppression, beauty and power cannot be taken away. His goal as an artist is not to make the viewer like him, but rather to help them see the world through a different pair of eyes. Jupiter has been featured locally at numerous art galleries, invited to global art residencies, and has sold his work to both national and international clients. He's been featured on the news and interviewed in the Sacramento News Interview as well. Now, when we first met a few years ago, we were standing in line at a local restaurant, and I didn't know any of this about Jupiter. And Jupiter, you may not remember this part, but at the time, you called me out kindly on me dyeing my gray hairs at that time and told me that you could see the real me. And why was I trying to cover up my wisdom? And I have to tell you that this was actually a turning point in just my own personal self-perception and journey through life. And I have you to thank for it. So thank you so much, not only for paying me one of the biggest compliments of my life, but also for agreeing to come on the show today and to talk about your personal and artistic journey and what you're doing now. Thank you, Jupiter. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really appreciative of this opportunity. Awesome. So I've kept up with you a bit over the years and seen how you've really come into your own with your work. And I've read a section of your standard bio, you know, for our listeners right, right here. But for you right now, who is Jupiter Lockett in this moment? Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jupiter in this moment is perplexed and he is tired and excited and strong, weak, bored, frustrated, sometimes happy. It's very, it's very annoying right now. <laughs> in my life. It's very annoying as an artist right now. There's so many different energies that are constantly coming into, into my world. And I'm having to sift out the, the true energies and the true emotions, the ones that are actually here to help me, not and you know, sift out the ones that are like a facade, you know, smoke and mirrors. So it's it's just hard to it's hard to be. We're given the opportunity to be. We are all given this opportunity right now to just simply be. But it's hard to be because we've never, <laughs> we've never had this, you know, forced upon us like this. It was like, no, take time out for yourself. And it's a mandatory, you know, time out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's a mandatory time out. That is <laughs> yeah. that is the real, that's the real, I feel. 
thing that's coming up for a lot of people. We all say we want more time to do this and we all want to self-introspect that this is the perfect time to take up yoga. This is a perfect time to work on that project. However, yes, (laughs) that comes with all the other things you mentioned. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I like, I, I'm not in the Christmas spirit, Christmas mood. I have friends who are in it. I'm like, I cannot deck any halls, hark any heralds. I'm not, you know, it's just, I'm just not in the mood for it. You know, it's, I've just been laying in my bed, you know, under, under covers, snuggled up and, you know, grieving, mourning, painting when I can. I'm not rushing it, you know, when I'm, when I'm inspired, you know, I'll, I'll paint. But right now I'm just in a funk. You know, and so I'm trying to navigate through that and not uh, self-sabotage myself in the process. You know, not stay too long in your dark place. Like, go there, honor it, acknowledge it, now (laughs) move on. That's a tough place to be in. And I agree with what you're saying, that it's like you got to give yourself that time to be in the funky place and say like, okay, today I need to spend more time under covers and just acknowledge what what you're feeling in this moment. The things that this pandemic has brought out for a lot of people, one of our previous guests, I wanted to go back to it for a moment to bring into this session, Michelle Malman hosted a webinar on grief. And she said what she's finding from a lot of her clients and people is that the grief from like long lost past is coming up for people now because we have all this time to think about it. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about and something we have in common, but which you may or may not know, is that we've both lost our biological mothers. And I saw your recent recognition of her birthday, where she would have turned 56 this year. And one of my favorite works of yours is I Love You, Mommy. And I feel a connection to you, not only over this piece, but about our shared loss of this central figure in most children's lives. And I'm I'm not sure if you'd be willing to tell us more about her life, her passing, the obvious grief that you still feel for her and its effect on your work and your life. And it's it's okay too if if this feels like a topic you don't want to get into today. No, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. <sighs> this whole lockdown, whatever, has forced me to um really deal with the lots of God, the loss of my mother. I had no idea you lost your mom, and you definitely have my condolences. I, I can actually say I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's um, uh, she. Excuse me, she passed away last year, January 10th, and so I don't like the holiday season. I don't care for Christmas or any of that stuff anymore. Because she's not around. I really don't even care for life anymore because she's not here. She passed away January 10th and died from polymyositis. And it's a disease that attacks your immune system and your muscles. So it inflates your muscles and then stresses them out. Oh. And so your everything, you know, your heart is a muscle and start to deteriorate. Um, she became very weak. Uh, you know, couldn't do the dishes, couldn't take a shower, just the normal things. And it just started to get worse. And I remember the uh, that Wednesday before she died, she died on Thursday. And that Wednesday, the doctor came in. And he was like, uh, she had lupus on top of that. And we did not know. No one knew. No one knew she was sick until we just like, mom, what's going on? You know, you're becoming slower. You're 
you know, getting cranky and, mm-hmm. you know, just having less time, like, you know, and right now it's because after she passed, like, I could say I've, I was dealing with it, but I really wasn't dealing with it. You know, I would allow myself to cry, but the true pain that I feel, I always mask it up. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, I mask it up because I just really don't want to, it really messes me up. I don't want to deal with it. And I know I have people in my life, you know, I'm here for you to talk, you know, if you want to talk, whatever. I'm like, you know, certain things you just can't let everybody into, you know, it's like, the, that's a sacred, a sacred conversation that I need to have with sacred people, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm, I'm, you're one of them. And I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do this. Um, and losing her has really just changed who I am as a person. My outlook on life, you know, I, it's just, I've lost that oomph, that drive, that spark, you know, I'm, I'm still motivated, but Whatever it is, it's no longer there. You know, it's th- it may be there. I just haven't risen to the occasion or haven't, you know, done the necessary work to find it. But, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm in a place of, I guess, purgatory, if you will, or a place of just uncomfortability. And I've, I've actually gotten to a place now where I'm okay that she's gone, but I... I like the holiday season, you see gingerbread cookies or certain things, and it's like, ah, it triggers stuff, you know? You're like, dang, I thought I worked through that, you know? So For sure. I mean, the holidays just bring up every other holiday we've had before. And, you know, who was there and who wasn't there and yeah. certain traditions. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, sometimes, yeah, triggers is a good word for it. And I'm assuming your mom was probably a big supporter of your work and of you as oh, an artist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was. She got sick right around when I had my first show, which was in 2018, end of 2018. And she couldn't make that. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's okay. She would have had to have been in a wheelchair and she didn't want to do that. And I was like, it wasn't hitting me then. You know, I wasn't recognizing what was going on. And then when I had my show at Bisakata Garo earlier this year in July, you know, it was like my first show at a legit gallery and she wasn't there. And that just, that really messed me up. That was a very hard day for me. And I'm thinking, you know... It would have been easy. It's just it's just weird. Like having shows, shows, having shows are hard for me. I hate going to, you know, exhibitions, especially for myself, because I know she won't be there, you know? And it's just like, dang, mom, I know you were proud of me. You know, I tapped into this piece of me, this art three years ago, and you're like, where did this come from? And you need to stick with this. And I'm like, okay, mom, I will. You know, it's just little little things like that. But yeah, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting through it. I know grief has messed up my vocabulary and my thought process because it does get jumbled a lot, and <laughs> you know it's hard for me to communicate sometimes because my mind is always just constantly on the loss of her. But I'm at a better place with that now. You know. Okay, that's yeah. so good. I know she's still. I'm a a believer that we're still very much connected with those who have gone before us. And it's, 
it's not a I'm not saying what I'm about to say, like to plug my book, but the book that I wrote last year is about my experiences with the other side and seeing I've died three times and I've on that other side saw relatives like and loved ones that have passed before me, including my mother and my father, aunts and uncles, grandparents, great grandparents. And so they've communicated with me in that way and shown me what, you know, existence is like for them on that side. And I was able to come back with that sense of relief that they're there and they're they're waiting for us, you know, when that time is right and that they're okay. And I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that for everyone, you know, and I want to offer that to you as well, because I know your mom, what is her name or what was her name? Uh, Allison Camille. Allison Camille. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's there too. Like she's here right now, just through, just through you, you, you speaking her name, you know, bringing it out into these audio airwaves, you doing your work, you being who you are in this world and physical form at this time, Jupiter, I truly, I truly believe that I'm going to move into what feels like a segue from this. So the conversations that I invite people to have on this podcast usually orient themselves around the theme of wellness, tuning in, finding different strategies to fulfill our life's purpose. And so for me, yoga is more than just a series of physical postures. It's primarily about connection with the self. And many artists consider their work, you know, their their physical artwork to be their life's work, their purpose, and sometimes describe getting into a feeling called flow, which could also be described as a Zen moment or something like that. So what is the source of your artistic flow, your Zen, your embodiment? What does that feel or look or sound like? And have you always known you wanted to be an artist? I haven't always known I've wanted to be an artist. I knew I would be in the, I knew I would be artistically active in whatever, if it was corporate or whatever, but I never knew it would be an actual artist. My, that flow the spirit moves me around 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, and I paint from then to like 7 a.m. to 8. And that's when my ancestors come in. I can definitely feel my ancestors. I've always been able to feel my dad's mom, my grandmother. Um, she's passed when I was little, but I've always been able to feel her, and I can always feel my mom. And I know they always come in. I will, I play a lot of John, excuse me, a lot of John Coltrane. Um, and a lot of uh, jazz, a lot of good jazz, the loneliest monk, you know. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I allow all that confusion of the jazz and its, you know, simplicity and the artistic endeavors of it just to, I let that permeate the airways and I hone into that and then I just let, you know, let loose and let the spirit come in and take over. Yeah, so I, I basically connect, that's my church, that's my 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 prayer time, my worship, when I paint, that's exactly what it is. It's my going behind the veil into the throne room of grace. You know, that's my, my time to connect and pray and talk to my mom and ask for whatever I want. And, you know, you know, make the (laughs) will, whatever I want into existence, (laughs) you know, that's my magical time. I love it. The wee hours of the morning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) That is great. Another connection that we have is that we're both artists. So just over 10 years ago, I went to grad school 
did my MFA in photographer. And I remember being asked by the panel in my final thesis interview, if I was prepared to talk about my work for the rest of my life. (laughs) And the focus of my work at that time was on race and identity politics. And I remember thinking, what a ridiculous question that was, because as a woman of color, living in the United States, talking about race and identity politics for my whole life is a given. I can't not continue to have this conversation every day of my life, pretty much, just because I exist here. And so your work reminds me of this so much and how you're bringing forward these fresh perspectives. And in this particular moment, it's more needed than ever. So how are you thinking about and approaching your work now, especially considering what's happened over the last few months in terms of, you know, national and international outrage over the violent deaths of Black Americans? I know that's that's a big question. <laughs> Take your time here to formulate through that. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, when I first started painting, it was real safe. I was using watercolors and painting little babies and happy, bright, colorful things. But when this pandemic hit and more Black folks started getting murdered, I was like, huh, I can't be safe anymore. I didn't, I wasn't inspired to paint happy, you know. I had to paint exactly what I was feeling, pain and sorrow and all the stuff. I was like, oh, I want to paint to that and paint this uncomfortability that I'm feeling, put it on the canvas and make someone else feel this uncomfortableness, you know. Feel that, feel what I'm feeling, you know. Make it safe but daring and happy, but sad at the same time. And once I started to tap into my authentic self, of not trying to please people, because we're artists, we're not supposed to play it safe. We're supposed to make you feel. And so that's why I put in my statement, like, I don't care if you like me. I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to make you feel whatever that emotion or feeling is, you know? And so that's my job on this earth. And once I started doing that, the universe started to open up for me, you know, and meet me with a lot of requests that, I, um, that I've that i asked. And so now, like, as you can see with this piece behind me, it's... Oh, yeah, black and white. <laughs> I'm like, I'll try to get out of it. But um, it's more of, I'm trying to... I only want to paint with black and white right now, because that's what I'm feeling. And to signify black and white people coming together, as you can see with these, the tiles, it's still squares, but they're you know, wonky, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. all this, these different geometrical shapes going on. And then up here, it starts to get more elegant and upper echelon with the damask wallpaper pattern. And so I'm like, it's a journey from down here, confusion and all this black and white or whatever. We're still working together as people, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just so much going on, but we're trying to <laughs> rise above. Yeah. You know? and. Plus, I love houndstooth, and it, it calms me. It's a meditative practice for me, painting houndstooth. <laughs> but yeah, I can't be safe anymore with art. I think we'll we'll need to include a visual of that. Oh, yes. For people. We'll <laughs> yeah. put that on the, on the website and on our Instagram feed as well, so people can follow along with, you know, what you're currently working on, because that's exciting. I can see, oh. <laughs> you know, showing me this piece right now, and it's lovely to be invited because that was one of the things I was going to ask you about your process and what are the things that you're working on right now and how is that going so I noticed also you have a section so you're doing your own thing you've just kind of quasi answered two other questions I wanted to ask you and one was 
what advice would you have for other young and aspiring artists who are struggling to find their voice, to channel their vision, to bring their work out into the world? You've kind of dipped into that a little bit with your own process, but maybe we can go there for a little bit more. Any other pieces of advice you would give out? Yeah. Um, be true to yourself, first of all. It sounds cliche. Yeah, be true to yourself. Follow the light. You know, but for real, we're artists. We have to be true to ourselves. Be selfish. Honor yourself first. And then it all depends on your trajectory, where you want to go with your art. Like for me, I didn't want to be a cafe artist. I wanted to be a museum artist, gallery artist, uh, speak at esteemed universities and colleges throughout the world, you know? So I was like, oh, I wrote all that down. I'm like, okay, well, if I've already done a paint and sip and I'm trying to get to this museum, I'm not going to keep doing paint and sips, you know? I'm not going to limit the universe. I'm not going to limit myself. You know, I'm not going to keep doing cafe shows with $20 and $40 art. That's not trust, fully trusting the universe, you know, we have to fully trust it. So I was like, okay, I want, this is what I want. I'm going to just start applying for, applying for things, applying for residencies, international residencies, applying for, um, or submitting for auctions at the Verge uh, Center for the Art Auction and the Crocker Auction. And I was like, no, okay, just, if you're going to do it, go big or don't do it at all. Have that faith. Why, what's up with this, this doubt? What's up with this, the word hope? I hope. Hope brings in doubt. What's that? Uh, I hope. Mm-hmm. No, I I'm willing this. I know I this will happen. So okay, cool. And the universe has been meeting me every step of the way. The things that I do not get, they're not for me. I don't har- you know hark on that like um oh, that's supposed to be mine. No, it's not. It didn't come to me for a reason. I have this other thing coming or I'm working on. You know, and so um just fully. Fully honor yourself. It's all about your actions towards uh, reactions and towards requests and ideas that you have. What what are the actions that you're doing? If the actions don't meet up or <laughs> you're just stagnant, you're not going to get into that museum or whatever you want to do with your art or your life as a person. And so, yeah, I've written everything down. My mother taught me that, you know, write what you want. We've all been taught that if, if you were, you know, raised in church or whatever religion, anything, you always heard, write the vision, make it plain, or speak it and it is so, or whatever, you know, asking you shall receive, all that stuff. You know, you get all just like, oh no, just write it down. What do you want? You know, and then, okay, cool, cool, cool. So now um, I'm working on, oh, did that answer? Or sh- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you to tell us more about. The global residencies, because I feel like that's a really good way for people to get, you know, get that international experience, be able to practice their art, do their process in another place. Sometimes it's just somewhere else in the state. It doesn't have to be overseas. But I know you've done both. Can you tell us more about, I feel like that's a good access point for people to really explore where they want to go with their work in different different places. And I'm assuming a lot of your travel for that has been halted by the pandemic, but I, I don't know. So fill us yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my first residency was in France at Chateau Orcavo in Orcavo, France, which is two and a half, three hours northeast of Paris. And above where I was staying at, it's like two hours above is Switzerland and Germany. So I was like real close. I was in the Champagne region. Beautiful, lived in a chateau for a month. 
all the great things, all the great food, you know, just bougie on purpose. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> I love it. Bougie on purpose. Yes. Yes. Champ- champagne for breakfast. You know, it was just, it was great. It was great. And that opened my eyes. Oh my God. So two days, January 10th, after my mom passed. No, yeah, January 10th, she passed. January 12th, I'm still, you know, in the, you know, in all that funk. And I hear a small voice that's check your email. I'm like, okay. So I listen. I check my email. Congratulations, Jupiter Lockett. You've been awarded, accepted. I'm like, <gasps> so I was like, okay, mom, I know that's you. Thank you so much. You know, so I went, did a lot of healing found myself out there and after that the world opened up people start paying attention to you once you have a a residency in france Mm -hmm. you know it's so (laughs) sad you know when you think about it it's so sad on their part it's like you didn't see this before oh but after you oh okay so oh you went to france oh what did you do oh let's oh you want to get into my show i'm like uh okay but residencies especially international residencies don't be like to the artists who who are applying don't be intimidated by them they really help your artistic career you as a person as a human being you grow in so many ways so many ways you attain so much wisdom and knowledge and after after i came back it's that's when you know everything opened up people started paying attention oh can you do this can you do that i'm like okay yeah, I could have had that attitude of where were you before? No, it's all about your reactions and your actions about both of them. <laughs> actions towards reactions and your reactions towards actions. So I've learned that a whole lot this year and uh, the past year. And then after that, while I was in France, I, one of the uh, resident artists, he's like, oh, I applied to this other residency. It's in Bulgaria. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, you should apply too. I applied. And two days later at that, up in France, they awarded me a residency to Bulgaria. And so I go to Bulgaria September of, it was supposed to be this year. They moved it to 2021. And after Bulgaria, I go to Greece in October for another residency. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's that's my dream location. I just have to say that I am manifesting getting to Greece. Oh, I'm yes. so happy for you. That's amazing. That's amazing. See, one just it fed one fed the other, fed yes. the other, fed the other. Yes, it keeps going snowball effect, and it's pretty cool. A lot of main artists have been like giving me advice. You know, um, like Deborah Roberts. Mm-hmm. who was huh, insane like her work is in the tate london and i'm like we're dming each other and I'm asking <laughs> you questions. you're helping me i'm like what is going on <laughs> what is really going on <laughs> this is your life <laughs> right <laughs> right it is it uh one of my friends who i met at the residency in france we thought she she was there you know she's a writer that's all we knew about her but come to find out, she was the director of the National Museum of Australia. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I've uh, upgraded. I had a promotion. I'm now a doctor, and I'm here writing a book. I'm like, what? So we still keep in touch. You know, I'll be visiting her in Oxford soon. And and just like, if it wasn't for France, you know, I don't think any of this would have happened. You know, if the universe is like, okay, you've honored 
I'm honoring your diligence and your faithfulness and your steadfastness. So here this is. So yeah. Do you know what's so cool? Because this just proves another point. So surrounding yourself with the, the people and the places, right, where you want to be, you, you are rewarded with more of that. So all your wishes to be in a museum, to be in big galleries, to do international residencies, that's coming back to you tenfold now, right? Because you just made that one leap of faith to apply and look at all the people who are in your yes. life now. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so one other thing I wanted to ask you, because I've traveled a little bit internationally, but thanks to September the 11th, I'd never made it to, to Europe. And I, I don't say that flippantly to disrespect what happened on September 11th. It was just, right. that's, that's what impeded, you know, the plans at that time. And I want to honor those, those people in that event. But as a black man living and working and creating in France and like north of Paris, so I'm assuming you probably went through Paris at some point. What mm -hmm. was that experience like? And I say that as a comparison to the United States because we know how things are here. But I'm constantly yeah. asking people who live in other places or have traveled and worked in other places, what, you know, what, if anything, would affect your perspective about living there and being there? Oh, I'm moving back. I have a job offer out there. So as soon as this thing lifts up, I'm gone. Really? I love France. Yes, they treated me like a human. Not a black man, not a black gay man. They treated me like a man, a human. Not even a man, because that's ignorant too. Like, they treated me like a human. Went into bars and pubs, older white men around the bar, filled. I come in, bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour, welcome, bienvenue. I'm, uh, what? Me? I'm black. Y'all don't know me. <laughs> you know, walking in the grocery store at Leclerc and older white women, oh, bonjour, moving out of your way, looking in your face and smiling, not clutching their purses. Nice. We, we know the little things to look up, to look mm -hmm. at, right? We know mm -hmm. the little things. And so I arrive, I fly into Paris take a taxi from Charles de Gaulle Airport to the train station, get on the train and go to Chamont. Chamont is 45 minutes from Orkavo. Our train was delayed two hours that night. We pull into Chamont like at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, there are no lifts, no Ubers out there, <laughs> no taxis. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, you got me all the way out here to this final train stop destination. I know you didn't bring me out here to have me stuck. I know you did it. Who? How about this? Is, I'm happy. Okay. This is an adventure. How am I to get to this chateau? I'm not even worried. It was funny because I was not scared or nervous at all. I'm in a whole other country with people who don't even speak my language. I don't speak their language. And I'm just like, boop a doo doo How am I going to get there? <laughs> And so I'm just like standing outside with my bags and I see this beautiful, I thought she was white for ignorance, you know, lack of a better word, a Caucasian lady, blonde hair, beautiful blue eyes. And I'm just like, oh, maybe she's a model or something. She's walking up to the train station. And mind you, there are other people leaving and walking up and I'm like, I didn't get the urge to say hello or excuse moi. As soon as I saw her, someone was like, talk to her. Bitch, talk to her. If you talk to her, then I'm like, okay, okay. You know, cussing my own self out, you know. And so I go up to like, pardonnez-moi, do you know how to get to Chateau Orcavo? And she doesn't really speak English like that. So she's like, um, uh, my daughter, my daughter, come, come. And I'm like, okay. So I go to her car and her daughter's there. 
and she, she's like, oh, hello, whatever. She just picked up her daughter from the same train that I was on. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, cool, cool. Um, she looked it up, and she was like, it's 45 minutes away. And I'm like, oh, dang, there are no taxis or anything? No, not at this time of night. I'm like, oh. I turn around, look at my bags, and the mom just taps my shoulder. All right, get in. I was like, get in to, to the car. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not, no, I'm not going to leave you. I was like, what? I was like, first of all, miss, this would not happen in America. <laughs> a white woman and her white daughter <laughs> telling a young black man, get into my car. I'm going to drive you 45 minutes out of my own way <laughs> to drive. I was like, okay. So we get in. Come to find out the mom is a teacher. She's Italian originally, grew up in the south of France. She speaks fluid Italian, of course. She speaks fluid French, Spanish, I think a little bit of German, English, you know, not so much. But her daughter speaks fluent English, so it was great for us to communicate. And on the way to the Chateau, it was the best car ride ever. Me and the mom, we like... It wasn't, we didn't argue, but we had debate because I was like, let me pay you $80 in gas. Here's $80. Oh, no, 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 $5. Miss, I'm American. <laughs> that is, we don't do that, okay? <laughs> that is against everything we stand for. <laughs> Can I give you 60 No, no, 5 We finally settled on 10 bucks. <laughs> I was like, okay, here, thank you. The daughter, the mom's name was Cecile. The daughter's name was Luna. So lovely. The daughter, she's like, where are you from? Like, from California. <gasps> Do you know Snoop Dogg? Do you know Dr. Dre? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know them. <laughs> she was just so happy. Um, then one of the residents was from Long Beach. So she met her. She's like, oh my God, please tell me you met Snoop Dogg. <laughs> but since after we met them, we invited them back for dinner twice to the Chateau. You know, the second night, the mom was like, uh, just so you know, Jupiter, I bought a bigger house. It has six rooms. And so if you ever want to move, I have a room for you and you can come stay. So I'm like, oh, OK, cool. But I do have a, a job uh, offer out there to work to be an ambassador for an art residency program in a neighboring town. And so I'm just like, OK, God, I I, I wrote this down, though, Maggie. I was like, I want to I see myself living in a chateau in the French countryside. Married to a beautiful, fine, sexy silver fox. He's not old, but who has silver in his head? <laughs> and so it gave me a preview of what I wanted for a month. Yeah. Oh, I've got tingles. I feel like there was so much divine intervention here. But it's a combination of you knowing what you want, seeing what you want, writing down what you want, surrounding yourself with those kinds of people and experiences inviting all of that in through every you know leap of faith you took the the trust in those people that they gave back to you you know i think your mom sent them (laughs) i totally feel like your mom sent them to make sure you got where you were supposed to go i am blown away i am blown away oh my goodness one thing i wanted to ask you about on the artistic vein because i saw you have a section on your website for commissioned work and i think you've been doing more of that lately how does that work like and i'm sure it kind of runs the gamut give us a run do people like call you or approach you and say i'm looking for a piece for my home my office or how does that work oh yeah i'll get a a lot of email not a lot i get some emails um a lot of dms but people be like hey i do want a piece 
you know, can you come over? There's so many pictures of their house. You know, this is the spot we think. This is our what well, the colors we're already working with. And so I just go from there. I'm like, okay, well, I used to say, well, what is your budget? And when I first started doing that, and I was like, oh no, my base is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where my base starts at. So I'm automatically going to get that. You know, I used to do that when I, because you know, you don't know, you know, you know the ropes of the game, but commissions are where it's at, you know, that's the beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a great way to um, make money, of course, but it's, it's to me, it has a better, I don't know, it's more intimate for the client. You know, it's like I'm creating something that is specifically designed for you and your needs and, you know, based off the stories and conversations we're having, you know, and it's cool because once their friends see it, they're like, oh, I want one. Then they, <laughs> they contact you as well. Those are my favorite posts when, you sh- when you've commissioned a work and so- or someone's commissioned a work from you and they put it up in their home and it's framed and you see, you know, the bedroom, the dining room, the hallway, wherever it is, because that's your spirit and your work yes. alive in the world, right? Yes. And it shows it fitting in. So despite your, or in spite of your concept being like, here's this alternate viewpoint it's right yeah. at home and right at home in somebody else's space and i i feel like that's the essence of wanting to get this important work out mm. there oh, so cool <laughs> i love seeing that tell me one more thing actually two more things i wanted to ask you what are some of the artists and i know you've mentioned a few already that you've met in residencies but what other maybe well-known or not so well-known artists have inspired you and what do you hope will be the legacy of your work? Oh, yes. Um, so some of the artists who that are inspiring me now, like, of course, Deborah Roberts, Carrie James Marshall, mm. Jean-Michel Basquiat of how he was always be able to tap into his childhood self, that soul, that, ooh, was so great. Uh, Genevieve Gainyard, I love her. Kara Walker. Oh. Kennedy, right? <laughs> I met right? Her. I met her once in Toronto when I was going to high school and I could barely keep myself together because I just wanted, I was like shaking talking to her. I have like all the books on her work and when I taught art, I was teaching the kids all about her work and Jean-Michel Basquiat as well. I just, uh, anyway, I don't want to interrupt you, but she's so gracious in person too. Like she's just an amazing person as well as being an Yeah. See, I I love it. Her, um, Kennedy Yanko, uh, she's amazing. Jacob Lawrence, mm. right? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. Artists, uh, there's this one girl named Cluvy, Nodling Cluvy. Crazy, crazy work. Oh, God. Those are the ones they just, they really, I'm like, how and why do you guys do this? <laughs> but I see that. I mean, your work, I have to say, when I look at your work, I think a lot of Jean-Michel Basquiat as well as Carrie Marshall. Carrie Marshall came to my school too. I didn't meet him, but he <sighs> came and did reviews of people's work. He was tough <sighs> on them, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Which probably the best you know, ones always are because they they've been so successful because they know what it takes to get there. Yeah. And one of the things he did say was about conviction in your work and not pleasing people. And he was like that in his personality. And that's that's hard for yeah. people, right? It's hard to hear criticism, but I think that speaks to why his work has been so successful, too. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. So in terms of the legacy of your work and your life, 
leave us with some kind of parting thoughts, something you think is really important for us to walk away from our time with you today. And it can be anything that feels important to you, more than one thing, to our community, to our planet, just something that's on your mind. Um, two things that my mom would say them. Other people said this one phrase, but always, to thine own self be true. To thine own self always be true. And once it seems simple and cliche, but once you understand that, you're like, oh, you start serving your higher self and your best self for the highest good. And also that we're, we're always sticking to the script. <laughs> We've never deviated from the script. Like my mother passing, it was a part of the script. You know, all of it, we are sticking to it. And so those two, those two little sayings, you know, to thy own self be true. And when you get into a jam or you're worried or sad, hey, we're sticking to the script. It's, it's a part of it. And yeah, honor yourself. And write it down, whatever you want. And ne don't tell people what you want to do. That's the thing as well. Do not tell people your goals in life. They'll know when they come into fruition, when they get the ticket to your show. <laughs> <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> it almost, it kind of feels like you're saying, make those, you know, tell yourself, right? Reveal those things that you want to yourself to make it real. And, and it's kind of funny. I've been doing some introspecting on, um, social media and everyone's talking about that right like how we all want to be engaged on on social media and get that external validation i guess from others right like when people follow us or and like we like that because we want to be engaged but that it's more important to start with yourself and your goals first right and then you can share that there's like nothing wrong with sharing all that but like figuring out where your motivation comes from for you first and honoring that at your core and what are you looking ahead to in 2021? I know it's only like three weeks away at this point, and it's this has been a rough year, 2020. There's good that has come out of it, right? There's always good with the bad, but what are you kind of, well, maybe you don't want to say what you're manifesting for 2021, but in generalities, right? For 2021, well, of course, the two residencies, Bulgaria and Greece, I'm hoping, no, I'm willing, not hoping, I'm willing into fruition more international residencies and moving to France, falling in love, you know, just honoring my whole adult grown self, all the great magical things I've wanted, you know, that I've seen in fairy tale books, that can too happen to me. That is happening for me. It's not foreign to me, you know, like I can have all that. And so I'm just, I'm, I actually love myself now. I actually like myself. That's, that took me a long time to get to there, liking myself. I've, I've loved myself for a long time, but I actually like myself now. I like who I am. I like my hangups and my roadblocks and my shadow. And I love, it's all a party. I love, I like and love myself now. And so once I figured that out, I'm like, oh no, I can, I can have heaven here. You know, I can create my best magical world. And that's, that's what I'm doing. It's crazy. All the people who don't think like how we think, they're, they've weeded their, their, own self, their own selves out of uh, my life. You know, I've never, I didn't have to force them out. It's like, oh no, you, you still have the, um, 
nine to five restaurant job conversations. I'm not having those conversations anymore. You know, my friends aren't servers or they don't work in restaurants. My immediate circle or whatever, no, they're all artists. They're doctors. They're arts writers, curators, museum directors, CEOs, lawyers, architects. I'm like, wow. Like international chefs, international artists. I'm like, wow, okay. And I realized that like last week. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> okay. All the people that are really in my life who I, you know, talk to are doing it for themselves. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've actually risen to that occasion now, you know. I'm not relying on that old mind or that old, you know, frame of mind or whatever, you know, to that, uh, what is it, that uh, live from check to check. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in that anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm living in wealth and abundance. And so it's, yeah, this 2021 is going to be, it's going to be great. I know that. <laughs> oh. And COVID better take her ass home. Oh my God. <laughs> we are done with you, girl. <laughs> I shouldn't genderize it, actually. Right. That's what came right. out. I was like, I don't know. It's virulent. It's fire. But it is. Oh, gosh. We can do this. We're going to get through this. What is the best way for people to keep up with you? Your website, Instagram. I know we were just talking about that, but the reality is we live in a virtual world still. So I want people to find you. And I'm going to post links on our Instagram and on our website. But you tell me the best places for people to find you. (laughs) Thank you. They can uh, hit me up on Instagram at Jupiter the Artist. Send me a DM um, you can also email me jupitertheartist at gmail.com or just go to my website and my email's on there as well where you can connect. But yeah, but email and DMs, you know, I respond quicker <laughs> to those. Oh, Jupiter, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today, making this time and just sharing your your wisdom and your passion and your authenticity with us. Like you've just personally continued to touch my life in these really meaningful ways. I know we haven't had a chance to really hang out lately, but every time I see you and run into you, I just just walk away feeling really hopeful about the world and excited to be with you in it. And so as we wrap up today's talk, I just want to thank you again and just all your goodness and creativity. Be sure to connect with Jupiter following along on social media, keeping up with his art shows, commissions, new pieces, global residencies. This is an exciting man to watch. And we'll be featuring some of his work on our Instagram feed, as well as the website at uh, myyogaaudio.com. And in the meantime, I'm working on more episodes that will include more interviews with more amazing people like Jupiter. There's going to be classes designed to both soothe and challenge your mind and body. But most of all, I want to curate experiences here at Maya, conversations that are a little different than what you might find anywhere else. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please help me out. Take a moment to visit the website, make a donation, purchase a sponsored product. I only pump things that I use and love myself. Send me an email, write a review or rate the podcast on Apple and other platforms support our guests, you know, by following along with Jupiter and other people who've been on here, you know, purchasing their work and giving them props on social media. All of that helps to bring these people into the spotlight that are doing these really special things in the world. 
And these simple actions just help to pay for the the literal and metaphorical production costs and keep this podcast going strong. And so until next time, please keep listening closely, expanding exponentially. It's always a good time for your mind to be on the mat.